Has everybody had a sip of their drink yet? I feel like I jumped the gun on that one, but what else is new? <laughs> whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof, now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, Welcome to the Whiskey Topic, the weekly podcast that tends to get off topic. My name is Mark Bylock. I'm the author of The Whiskey Cabinet, and my co-host is Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. You can also find our podcast on the website whiskey.buzz. If you want another song On and on goes the ring of the bell Off we go this song So welcome to the Whiskey Topic. My name is not Mark Bylock and I'm certainly not the lovely Jamie Johnson. I'm Suresh Doss and I'm going to be taking over the Whiskey Topic for just one episode only. And um, Mark Bylock and Jamie Johnson are here to join me. Right. Oh, thanks for having us. Thanks no, so thanks much. for having me, and thanks for giving me the opportunity to take over, um, you know, your, your your podcast for the day. So, um, fifty podcasts, guys. That's that's pretty amazing. Let me yeah. be the first to say that I'm very proud of the both of you. Yeah. Um, you've had the willpower and the, the sheer stamina to not only drink for fifty podcasts, but to actually produce quality material um, in the world of whiskey. Thank you. Yeah. Whoa. The drinking part's nice. the easy part. I feel yeah. the everything else part is... <sighs> so, okay, if there's one thing that I've noticed <laughs> listening to the podcast over the year, and I do listen to them, is I can tell when you guys yeah. have had yeah. some whiskey yeah. while mm-hmm. you're taping these podcasts. For sure. Um, Mark very easily, because he tends to speed up and, and talk really fast. Right. And you just giggle and you just laugh. And uh, swear. Jamie, and so. swear. And you swear, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you do cut out yeah. the swearing. But... Yes. Um, it's so there. This has been a pretty incredible journey, right? You launched March of 2015. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember having those conversations early on when you were talking about how you know you saw podcasting was taking off, and um, there was this resurgence in in the in, in the field, and you wanted to do something on the topic of whiskey. So, tell me, how did this happen? How did the two of you meet? Well, I know Mark, you met Jamie through me, but if you can mm-hmm. tell me in your own words how this all came together. Um, well, I think uh, Jamie and I were had always had a great chemistry, uh, and just around whiskey, we we were big fans of whiskey, and um, a lot a lot of opportunities to drink with Jamie, and then podcasting came up, and I've been a big I've been listening to podcasts for for several years, but it seemed to kind of like die, and then it seems to with kind of there's been a big resurgence with uh, podcasting, and there wasn't a lot of podcasts about whiskey. Um, there's Whiskey Cast, which mm-hmm. is very news focused and very structured and very serious. And I was like, why don't, you know, like Jamie and I talk about whiskey at a bar. Why don't we record these conversations essentially with some framework and see what happens? So my objective today is to pull back the curtain a little bit and uh, chat about this journey to 50 podcasts, uh, 50 episodes. Your listeners are pretty familiar with you guys and your love for whiskey, but I don't think they know much about, you know, you got your like you what you guys do outside of this podcast. Right. Um, all those um, events we've gone to together and all the beautiful um, drams of whiskey we've enjoyed. So, um, okay, so tell me about, again, to explain more about why you wanted to do this. So you saw that there wasn't a whiskey podcast out there, one, one that sort of democratized the topic and mm-hmm. made it more approachable and fun. Who came to who with the idea? Mark asked me. Yeah, um, I asked Jamie if she wanted to because I was we I really just wanted to pilot like the first podcast we recorded we were uh, didn't get published we first episode's really the second episode we uh, uh, we did thank God yeah um, but it was just uh, it was just that and it was um, and just kind of in the theme of, of the book I wrote as well it's just kind of like you want to make whiskey approachable and fun but you still want to like bring out a lot of information and yeah. we want to make sure we weren't absent of that and we have a lot of great guests on the show mm-hmm. um that bring a lot of great insight and information uh but overall it's all about having it be in a fun enjoyable way yeah and i think it, it also reflects so much about like whiskey culture and what's great about whiskey and and why uh we have parties where we bring out many many bottles and we just sit around this table often and chat and sort of like that's part of the romance of whiskey is that sort of conversational piece and that laughter and, and all that stuff. So, you know, making a podcast that, that sort of like mimics that in a way is like great. So what is the current state of whiskey culture in the city right now, in Toronto specifically? <clears throat> you know, Toronto's been interesting because the bar scene is getting a lot of good 
yeah. whiskey. There, there's, there's, a, there's a handful of bars that are just buying up everything that comes through Ontario through the L- LCBO, and so, um, and they're selling. Because I, I go to these bars, mm-hmm. I'm like, you have like thousands and thousands of dollars of whiskey here. Like, who's paying forty, fifty dollars for Octomore? And and people are. Yeah. yeah. What I'm finding it funny is that um, these restaurants, ha- you know, their their core focus has nothing to do with whiskey, but they're stocking up on whiskey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're starting to see like taco places that have a pretty amazing whiskey selection yeah. or an Indian restaurant will have a great whiskey selection now whereas like three, four years ago you were limited to a handful of bars like the Irish bars that would have that rare hard to find bottle, right? And now we were seeing it everywhere. Yeah, and I mean like while well, I was sitting on the computer this morning like trying my best to get tickets to Spirit of Toronto which is a Toronto-based whiskey show. Oh yeah, this is the super nerd show, yes. The super nerd show. Um and oh my gosh, if like the wait to get tickets on that website was any indication of what whiskey is like in Toronto, it's doing really, really well because it was uh, like a deal and a half just to like get tickets to it. And like all the, the master classes were sold out within like a couple minutes. Like it's just like. And they've added rum master classes this year too, right? It was mm-hmm. a, yeah. It's new. Yeah. Because rum is uh, on the uptick, obviously. So sure. Spirit of Whiskey is a yearly event. Mm-hmm. It costs like what, two hundred bucks to get in? Yeah, Spirit what? of Toronto. Yeah. It's just under two hundred bucks. Spirit of Toronto. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's held where? At Roy the, Thompson Hall. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. so in the whiskey industry, is this like the event to go to in Toronto? Yeah, I would say in Toronto, it, there's this event and Whiskey Live are the two events. One's in the fall, one's in the spring. So they're they're nicely separated out, and they're both, you know, Whiskey Live last year I thought was really great. Um, uh, Spirit of Toronto tends to bring out a lot of the rare whiskeys. Yeah, and I think that's where it's it's kind of exciting because I think Whiskey Live, there is some, uh, it, it's a little trickier. I think, I don't know what it is to get the whiskeys in, in that are super rare. And for some reason, Spirit has access to all these, bo- like these bottlings that are really rare. And so like you can go up to like, one year they were pouring Pappy, which yeah. is unheard of. Like when you see Pappy in Toronto, like not yeah, that often. Yeah, you never see like, Pappy in Toronto. Yeah, it's like maybe a handful of places. Um, so to be able to offer that is like a big draw for people. So it's, uh, and it's always a really well executed event. Like there's always a ton of food and like, it's, uh, it's pretty fun. I'm excited. Yeah. I think the big drawback in Ontario and whiskey events is the distributors that are paying for the whiskey they're serving. Right. So if you have somebody serving a $300 bottle of whiskey, they're paying $300 to the LCBO to be able to serve that whiskey. Most. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Most, most whiskey events at least they're, they're serving free product, right? They're getting product shipped from wherever the product is. And of course, it costs them money still, but it's not $300. It's the 40 50 whatever the cost of production is. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's a big deal with with Ontario. That's why it's it's rare to find events that have those rare rare pours. So what are we drinking today? Um, well, let's go around. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll start just because I've got the, uh, the most plain uh, bottle here, but I've uh, really digging this Old Forester, just the straight... 86 proof whiskey um it came to ontario it comes and goes from here so it's always nice to get it i, I paid 36 dollars for it i'm guessing that's about double nice. what it's in the u.s probably yeah. <laughs> probably, probably uh, cost of doing the business here um but it's just a simple straightforward bourbon-y oaky product uh and i have the bullet 10 actually, yeah this is my go-to at home yeah. there's always a bottle of the bullet 10 at home and it's come and gone and i never got a bottle yeah. so i have to drink both of your I think I just <laughs> finished mine, so I got I to gotta stock up. Uh, I'm having the single malt uh, from Aberlauer. It's uh, the Oloroso cask uh, whiskey, mm-hmm. and um, it's like a wonderful, wonderful whiskey. It just kind of coats your mouth with like flavors of pecan pie and mm. butterscotch. And it's exactly just so right. smooth and soft and lovely. Um, so, okay, so you decide you want to start a, a podcast. You get it going. Um, what, what's that like? What's the biggest challenge that you guys faced um, in the beginning when you were trying to get this off the ground? Well, Mark has done so much in terms of like the editing piece and like mm-hmm, and the technical. iTunes. Like literally, I just show up and talk garbage into a microphone and drink. And he does like all of that stuff. And so I feel like you could have many stories about oh but I'm okay yeah so look we we know the technical aspects are obviously it's like it's not easy to edit and get stuff up but like I'm talking about getting the podcast out there and getting people to listen like 
it, did you did like you find an audience right away? Pretty organic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just sort of fell into place, and people. I'm still surprised when people tweet us like from Australia was saying like, that hey, they, yeah, that they're yeah, listening, or they like take a video of the, the, you know, they're in their kitchen and their speakers, and and they want to um, share that they, you know, were listening to the podcast in Australia, which is kind of awesome, like yeah. and mind blowing, and and but it just sort of naturally sort of happened i guess yeah well i think i've told the both of you that i like the fact that the podcast is a global appeal because you're not just talking about toronto all the time mm -hmm. you're talking about the you know global whiskey culture so that appeal is there so i that's crazy that people from australia are, are yeah. tuning in and also tweeting at you um so who like who are your listeners do you know you know we uh we only know from it's funny it's one of those things you only know from what's on twitter and facebook mm -hmm. and everything else so uh, we know our listeners are people that just want to, you know, people that walk their dogs, which is how I got into podcasting. I, I walk Thor and I listen to podcasts. Um, they're wives of husbands that are very much into whiskey. They just want to learn more about what their what their husband's interests are. That's fascinating. Uh, yeah, it's very cool. And then there's just like people that just like friends that just, you know, aren't curious about whiskey and just want to have a conversation while they're doing other things like cooking or, you know, jogging or at the gym, uh, which is what I've always enjoyed about podcasting. I, uh, yeah. I work at home and for me, that means I don't get a lot of, you know, I don't talk to a lot of people during the day. Um, so having a conversation when I'm doing things like at the gym or walking the dog is a nice break to the day. It kind of gives you a bit of a conversation that you're not participating in, but you're, you know, you feel like you're a part of. Um, and I certainly do do that when I listen to podcasting and that's, that's really what I was like, Hey, these, a lot of these podcasts are doing this about technology and politics. Uh, we should do this for whiskey as well. More and more women are getting into just the, the idea of tasting different whiskeys and going out to whiskey events. So it's fascinating that you tell me that the wives are listening to the podcast on their drive to work. Um, and are they the ones shopping for whiskeys for the family then? Or is it, yeah, I get, I get, uh, emailed with like, Hey, I'm buying my husband you know, whiskey for his birthday. What should I get? And that's that kind crazy. of, that's those awesome. kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, we got tweeted the other day by Michael red champ yes. who was out at his, at a whiskey event and he like took a picture and was like, Hey guys, like, thanks for getting me here. And like, it was awesome because you sort of have done something that is like, it like influenced somebody's, like, like their time, like their, mm -hmm. you know, what they choose to do with their time. And like, and for, for him to tweet us and say like, Hey, thanks for being sort of by proxy, a part of, you know, my whiskey night. Like that's kind of awesome too. Yeah. You've expanded yeah. people's palates, right? And you have largely contributed to the fact that people are trying more products. In, I'm solely in responsible for yeah. the rare breed. So um, spreading, the, <laughs> the spreading <rare> alcoholism <laughs> one podcast at a time. Um, so who, who gets, who, like who has to keep who in check during this podcast? Oh, I mean, <laughs> okay, go, okay. I say this because it's my first time on this podcast, and I'm sitting here, and there are three bottles of whiskey on this table right now. But I have, I have uh, joined Mark um, post taping uh, previous episodes just several times, several times, and there are like a dozen bottles on the table. So I know there's right. a lot of tasting that takes place during the taping of this po of these podcasts so who um like mm. that, that get that gets out of hand pretty quickly right i don't think we police each other at all you don't no, no. we don't really no. actually no that happens at two o'clock in the morning when i'm pushing mark at the bar door that's happening and yeah. i'm like well, you gotta go home oh man but i got like, a flight to catch you, you have a flight to catch and but like this piece is usually pretty yeah we're pretty okay about just doing our own thing yeah, was that I mean, the, the flight worst... you missed? You missed a flight. Was that the one? <laughs> yeah, I actually, actually missed a flight. I had to so jump a flight three hours later. you missed that flight, and then you also missed our flight when we were going to Austin. That wasn't had nothing to do that with... That was your fault. That had nothing to do with drinking, We, we concluded as a group that was your fault. So, I don't think that was actually um, accurate. I, I disagree with the... Uh... <laughs> a few of us, Mark, um, and another beer writer, another wine writer, and a few friends of ours, we wanted to go to Austin last year to um, just check out the barbecue scene there. And uh, we were at the airport, just really excited to, uh, to to embark on this trip. And we started, I think, drinking kava or something. And oh next thing you know, um, Mark missed our flight. Well, 
the for first uh, set, set the stage. Toronto's airport is quite. It's a beautiful airport. They have these little iPad touchscreens, and you just like click, 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 order drink, click, 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 order drink, and somebody just comes by, and you already swipe the card, and you're done. Easy, easy. They make it so it's, convenient. It's very so easy. I, I maintain this is this was Ort's fault only because we got to the airport like four hours early. So we were at the gate on our ticket. We were, we're actually across the gate from the ticket, um, but the gate had changed, and the speaker system, the way they had a new speaker system, and only projected the gate change on the other on the opposite side but we didn't hear the gate change so it's one of those things and and a the gate story. no this is completely true this is completely true and the new gate I'm letting him finish. the <laughs> air, where the um, where our original gate was the was the same city so they changed our flight to Austin or I guess it was to Houston because Houston. it was uh, we we're flying through Houston um, so they changed Houston flight in another gate and then replaced it with another Houston flight half an hour later so I just like oh our, fl- our flight's half an hour delayed and then I'm like, and then like last minute, I'm like, mm, this is weird. And I walked up and I'm like, oh, this is not the right flight number. This is a whole different flight number. But that was it. That, I, don't, I, I feel that was, if we had gone to the airport two I hours. I everyone could see Suresh's face looking at Mark right <laughs> So, now. Jimmy, do you know the full story what happened after with the race, the amazing race? Didn't you guys have to drive? So, yeah. So, that, so the story is basically they were connecting through Dallas to yeah. go to Austin. And we found a flight to Houston. So our goal was to see if we can fly to Houston, oh then drive to Austin and see if we can beat our friends to this Airbnb that Glenn had rented in Austin. So we get to Houston, find a rental company, jump in a car, and take this like three-hour drive in the middle of the night. And you know, we're at, the entire time we're like tweeting and oh my texting each other. And trying to use Glenn as like the referee here. I remember watching you guys tweeting about this. I remember yeah. that. Because yeah. David was on the flight, so he had no idea. He, he had no have idea where we were he, at. Yeah, he had no idea where we were at. Um, and I think, like, we obviously we lost this race. Yes. That wasn't the point. But, but we arrived, like, I think 15 minutes after they did. Yeah. What? It was like That's 10 like, or 15 minutes. That was minutes. the most impressive part. Oh, my God. Um, the great lengths we go to to, to outdo each other. Um, so yeah, it does not surprise uh, me at all. And then there were chickens at the uh, Airbnb. That wasn't yeah. Airbnb always you know brings forth some interesting properties, and this one had oh yeah, ghosts, chickens, chickens, whatever. Right. Um, so what were what were we talking about? We're talking about the the whiskey. Who needs to who needs to keep each other in check? Yeah. So who keeps each other in check? No. There's a lot of whiskey here. Was, yeah. Who's policing who? Nah, no policing. You don't. Yeah. You don't. Yet you somehow manage to maintain your composure for the most part when you're taping these things. These things. I think so. It's most difficult when we do two podcasts. When you have guests, we generally have two two podcasts in a yeah. day. Yeah. Um, so okay. we drink with one guest, and then usually there's like a half an hour break, and then another guest comes in, and then we start all over again. Yeah. Um, and those, I think, we generally pace ourselves a little bit the first time, but not always. Not I mean, always. No. I've heard a couple like slurs here. Well, have you there, had to pull? Like, like, yeah. Has, has there been a guest that you've had to like? police and say slow down you're drinking too much whiskey no god no no we i don't know if the words slow down you you're drinking too much whiskey have ever come out of my mouth well i think and the other part of it is too like it, whiskey takes like 45 minutes to an hour to really like get into your blood you know like any alcohol oh so you're just saying you're sending them out drunk into the world <laughs> that, that's very possible but yeah. but i'm saying like you could shoot yeah. three whiskeys now and you'd still last at least 20 minutes before it hit you right um, so I'm guessing also that probably plays into it a little bit. That's why when we do two podcasts in a day, we're, uh, by the end of the second one, it's a bit of a disaster. That's intense. Yeah. And then yeah. For, like we had three times, we've also had a whiskey tasting afterwards at my place. Yeah. Cause we want to have, why you do that to us. You're like, we're going to do a tasting, but then before we do the tasting, we're going to start at one and yeah. we're going to get so-and-so in. And then at three, we're going to have so-and-so in, then we're going to eat pizza. And then there's about 15 people coming and we're going to drink all night. Right, and I mean the reason I do that is because I know like a lot of the guests are time they don't they're not always in Toronto a lot, so I'm like I want right. the guests to enjoy the whiskey tasting and come on and, and have right. that. So a whole so, day of whiskey. So it's a whole day of whiskey. So for them, it's like okay, we have you know Sarah Parniak here. Her time, she's mm-hmm. she's not around a lot, so like it's like whoever's here, I'm like okay, then then we do the whiskey tasting. So it's usually right. just to get the guests to do the whole evening. Yeah, uh, ha- have them enjoy that. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So um, yep. that's the reason why um, it's a hell of of an evening for uh, Dave for Jamie and I though. Oh my gosh! So you've had a pretty awesome set of guests um, yeah. come on the show. Uh, who's who's like okay? So obviously, when you add a guest to the podcast, you know, there's that risk that you take because you know you have to jive on on, right. on the microphone. Your personalities have to you know come together to create mm-hmm. 
something beautiful. Who's uh, who's the best who's the best kiss you've had so far? Oh, I don't Ooh. think we can uh, pick uh, a favorite. No, that's not okay. Hold on, we said we're gonna be honest. We, uh, we can. We, um, so there, I, hmm. we just did one with uh, Finn O'Connor yeah. that was a bit of a riot. Um, and sometimes it's hard when you, uh, so often we record over Skype and sometimes we record like over Skype over the ocean and sometimes guests that come on that are very far away. It's sometimes hard to negotiate because you've got like, you know, someone's internet connection isn't great or there's a bit of a lag and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So that comes up. Um, and he, we actually, had a lot of technical difficulties at first, but when we got going, he was like, he was kind of a riot and like, I'm really partial to like accents. And so like, he just, it, I, uh, I mean, like I was just so charmed the whole time. So that was super fun. But I mean, oh, like there's so many, everyone is so neat in their own kind of way. Like. Gavin's great to have on because he's like he knows his stuff like crazy. So you're always sort of riveted in this like really nerdy sort of way. Um, and then I mean we've had like like Matt's always great to have on. Like Sarah, like yeah, it's yeah. They all bring say. something. They different, all bring something so right? different, and that's why we have them on is because they they give us something to like work with and like they balance us out in like a really interesting kind of way. Like. It's funny. I don't actually often worry about. It seems like having guests because you're right. You never know kind of what the chemistry is going to be like. Um, and I, Jamie nailed it. Like sometimes we have overseas guests, and it's just like the lag really interferes in that. Like the lag is fine if you're just doing a question answer show where like ask a question, get an answer, and then you ask a question. But when you're trying to have a conversation, that lag really starts to 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 get it interfere. Um, but otherwise, um, I just feel like whiskey people love talking about whiskey, and they're generally pretty they're all and i mean most of the people we've had on also have been talking about whiskey for a long time right uh, i think the uh, guest i geek out the most about is mark rainier that used to own brooklady and now owns um uh waterford distillery in ireland i think that was the guest that i'm like and he's you know he's a big deal in the industry a lot of our guests have been big deals but he's also like got that experience and has been doing this for a while and created his own whiskey company his own brands and you know, built his own distillery and has his own like really in-depth philosophy, um, almost kind of like the Steve Jobs of the whiskey world. He doesn't make the whiskey and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't involve himself in every single part of the process, but he has a very good opinion about how everything should be done and it's and it's solid. So I think Mark Rainier has been kind of the, geek, the guest that I've geeked out about right. the most. I like having um, like uh, Josh and Blake on as well yeah. because they are both sort of, whiskey is their passion and it's what, they sort of do, um, you know, uh, uh, on the side. So they kind of remind me of you. Yeah. In yeah. a way. Where yeah. Eric as well. Yeah, and Eric, guy. like, it's the same sort of thing. Like, their their actual day jobs are something different from the whiskey piece. And um, But they've always, like, made time for us. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're always, like, super engaging when they come on. And, like, they're also really bourbon-focused, which for me is really exciting because... Yeah. I can really participate in those conversations and like be on. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And they also kind of understand the theme of the podcast because the whole idea is like you can write something and you may get you may get nailed for it. Like somebody will quote that or misquote you right. and and you're going to get, you know, blown up on on message boards or on Twitter. Um, the thing about the podcast is kind of like listening to the director's cut of a movie mm-hmm. where the director or the actors say things. You're like, mm-hmm. wow, you're, I'm not supposed to hear that. Right. Uh, right. But you it's hear pretty it. pretty raw. It's yeah. pretty raw, um, and in that way, it works because only like people that really are interested in the topic are listening to it. So, it's never going to be like mainstream media stuff. So, uh, Blake especially understands that yeah. perfectly. Blake just like he talks about it so openly, and he's a yeah. he's a got a big following. I mean, Blake's following yeah. is enormous on sure. on uh, on like Reddit and just in general on the web. And uh, he's he very much gets it. He's just like, yeah, this is just free form kind of conversations about whiskey and blogging kind of behind the scenes. Um, and his fans love it and sure. people that aren't big enough fans probably don't listen to it. Yeah. And having Glenn on, uh, and, and Matt Jones, uh, is very much like having a friend just yeah. come and chat. Matt's and great. Like, yeah. Matt is like super engaging. Like his enthusiasm comes through like really easily. Um, and he's just super easy to have. And the thing is, is, and what I, I love about uh, having Matt on is he's, you know, the Jim Beam guy. Um, 
but he also, you know, talks about other whiskeys and, and his love for our other uh, bourbons as well. And uh, he's just like super easy to yeah. like talk with. Again, it's like having a friend on like Mike the same way, like yeah. having someone across the table, having you on. It's like, oh, you're just sitting here with friends and like it, it's very easy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, which guest will never return Ooh. Never. Are you something. asking if we like insulted somebody or? <laughs> trying, to, trying to find a polite way to ask. But um, my question is, who is not invited back? Oh hmm. man, I don't think anybody would. Be oh, I don't know about back. that. There, there's. I, I can't think of anybody. Who are you? Back. Are you competing for that title right now? It's a question, <laughs> a question I asked. I asked you. Um, Pardon me. Who? 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 Um. You, you, you don't have to answer this now, so we can come back to it. But I do want to know Who might if, not if there's a whiskey that. podcast, whiskey topic blacklist. Oh. Um, mm. So we can come back to it. So is whiskey cooler than craft beer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And why? Why is it cooler than craft beer? <laughs> you know, we've taken away a lot of that intensity. Craft beer does have a lot of that intensity. And um, I think the bigger, problem, the bigger problem with craft beer is the community. So in craft beer, no, no, I'm not talking about the people, just the size of the community. It's it's too big? It's too, the community is big in itself, but the, they don't have like Old Forester from, you know, Kentucky doesn't come up here, right? Oh, I see. So the communities are very kind of tight knit. Right. And so there's, there are the big, big kind of brands. I, we just, I just saw a friend on Twitter was getting, ordering this really rare beer from somewhere I don't even know where. Um, I get that. Like, that, that does exist. Mm-hmm. So they do have the Pappy Van Winkle of, of craft beer. Yeah. But yeah. they the don't. Collector ha- items. Kind of collector items. But they don't have the kind of mass distributed, like, oh, I can get this in the U.S., but if I go to Germany, I can get the same beer. And with whiskey, that community is larger for that reason. I mean, there's there's whiskeys you can get in Scotland that you can't get here, and in Kentucky you can't get here. So there's there is a bit of that, but there are there are a lot of broad products you can get everywhere that are considered high quality. And you know, so unlike Coors Light, or for example, where yeah, you can get it everywhere, but no, you know, nobody's seriously considering that as as uh, craft whiskey. So um, I guess that's that would be my answer. It's like it's just the community is more localized in that area, like. Toronto's got a great craft beer scene, but it's very Toronto-based. You go to New York, it's going to look completely different. Right. I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time in the craft beer scene, so I don't really know if I can answer this question properly. I'm clearly biased because I prefer whiskey. Um, so I, I just say that whiskey's whiskey's. Can I but, say okay, beer so bellies? <laughs> no beer bellies? Can I say that? That's yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. No, well, no beer bellies and no man boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay, so my question, yeah. Jamie, is um, are craft beer drinkers whiskey drinkers? Like, do these, do these two circles, like, are, do they intersect or are they exclusive? Oh, I think for sure they intersect. They can. Yeah. Because I can drink craft beer. I don't know. Like, I think whiskey drinkers, like, love whiskey and they don't drink craft beer as much. I feel... And well, craft beer... Drinkers like love craft beer, and they may right. have a dram of whiskey here and there. But right, it's super interesting but. because I would say that like a whiskey drinker might appreciate the like super intense flavors that can come from certain craft beers, like something like a super crazy IPA or, mm-hmm. or like whenever I go to you know a tasting, like I almost always have a, a beer on the go with my tasting. Yeah. So. Um, but you never see a craft beer drinker have whiskey on the go. I have not in my experience seen that. Yeah. Um, and so I feel wh- like you're trying to start shit with the craft beer scene. No, Raj. no, I'm not. I, I, know, I love, <laughs> I I love like, craft beer. Yeah. I drink craft beer. <laughs> I just find that there are, there are two different circles. Yeah. Right. Well, and I would, I would probably agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what about rum and tequila? Where do those fit in? Because you hear about you know, um, restaurants focusing more on rum now and obviously mezcal and tequila. Are you like, are you seeing that in in the spirits w- world that you're in? Uh, well, whiskey is having quite a day on its own without um without needing any uh help from other spirits. So um, I think bartenders are you're seeing it in the cocktail scene like a lot of like if you go to bars a lot um 
like Mark and I do. And then you'll get, you know, somebody that will suggest something that maybe is like a, a nice sipping rum or a mezcal. Right. Uh, but if you're a whiskey collector who is collecting in, you know, their garage or basement or bar or whatever, um, I'm not sure that you're getting the exposure to the rest of the spirits and the changing of the spirits that you would if you like live downtown and you yeah. go out to bars a lot. Yeah. So, um, because whiskey people are pretty loyal. Let's talk about the bottles. Um, let's talk about the, your whiskey collection. It's grown obviously in the last year that I've known the two of you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to both your homes and I'm seeing this collection just expand at, at, a, at a wonderful rate. It's happening. Um, how many bottles of whiskey do you have mm. right now, Mark? Um, I, I probably have about a hundred, give or take. Yeah. How much money do you spend on whiskey a month? Oh, you know that's no. I, I mean, do you have a whiskey budget? <laughs> you know, a reason why I ask is because okay, so um, as a writer, yeah, you write about these products. You're yeah. tasting constantly. There is a temptation to obviously go and buy stuff that you like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But unlike a beer drinker or even a wine drinker, the you, the products cost like a lot a lot higher than yeah they're they're more expensive than you know like beer and and wine and and i guess you know cider whatever so um you probably must come across a lot of products that you like on a Mm -hmm. constant basis and you want to go and buy them how do you prevent yourself from going broke buying Mm -hmm. all the whiskey that you that you love um you know it's funny i great question i I deal with this in two ways. Um, firstly, I'm not in control of a lot of the whiskey that I buy because I'm usually buying whatever's available at the LCBO. So there's three months in a row where there's nothing new to buy and I couldn't possibly spend a dime unless it was just for some $30 whiskey I'm looking to make my hands with. Um, and so the LCBO is protecting your wallet, basically. Hey. But, however, uh, you know, just last month, I spent an enormous amount of money on new whiskeys because a lot of new stuff came through. And I'm like, okay, I haven't spent a dime on whiskey really in, in three months. But <laughs> now there's, you know, hundreds of dollars of whiskey to buy because this stuff is going to come and go very quickly. Um, and so I usually, I usually do that. I, I kind of, I don't have a budget per se, um, but I, I do watch that a lot. And, and I'm trying to buy, my, my biggest being in this kind of having the podcast and writing about it my biggest challenge is i sometimes avoid buying bottles of whiskey i know if i write about them they're not going to be of interest because i want to buy bottles that are just going to be more kind of helpful to this endeavor um so a good example of this we were at the willow distillery with uh with the group in kentucky last last year and you know there's this great bottle that i was stupidly expensive it was like three hundred dollars and I really wanted the bottle, but I'm like, no, I, I should spend that $300 on whiskey I can review and I can talk about. Because this one bottle, this one release is, is going to be great, but I, nobody's going to find value in me writing about it per se. Uh, it certainly wouldn't be worthwhile for me to spend that money on it. Um, so I, I do make those decisions. It's, it's unfortunate. Um, but uh, yeah. Do you have a system, Jamie? Um, no, I don't. Um, I think... Uh, I go for things that I really, really sort of like love. Like the, I see your collection of Taylors in there. So I know that if Taylor comes through the LCB, I'm going to grab something. Um, there's always sort of like, okay, maybe this is a system. I always have like, <laughs> the more I'm talking, I'm like, there this sounds like an actual system. Uh, try to have like a cheapy sort of like Wild Turkey 81 right. or a That's always on your shelf. Always on the shelf ready yeah. for cocktails. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the, but my whiskey collection is a little low right now. Um, it's sort of, which is fine. Um, and whenever Trent goes to the states, he'll bring back a bottle or or two of something. Yeah. So, um, sort of uh, waiting on when that happens, I guess. Uh, with knowing that I can go to the Caledonian or the Emmett Ray, which are two great whiskey bars in Toronto, and have a drink of something, uh, which is, again, like, that's a downtown piece, like, having sort of bars everywhere that mm-hmm. you don't feel, like, so upset if you're like, oh, there's nothing in my cabinet right now. You're just going to go out, and you're going to go have a, a dram somewhere. Yeah, that's, that's actually a good point, because the selection is out there now that you don't really have to worry about building a library at home if you don't exactly. want to. Exactly. Um, I follow the same approach you do. There's a go-to bottle on the shelf yep. that I will drink when I'm writing or watching a show or something. And then the other stuff is usually tucked away in the 
the locker or the wine cabinet or something like that. And I rarely... And where is your locker located? Yeah, it's in the building. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are you in love with right now? What what products are you just totally digging right now? In, in, oh. the, in the whiskey world, has anything come out that you're, you know, like you're totally in love with? Well, actually, speaking of that Willet, um, mm-hmm. so when we were in Kentucky in September, uh, I picked up a Willet nine-year um, that for the last couple of days has really just been hitting the spot. Um, and that has been a go-to, which, and I've had the bottle for a couple months now, but for some reason right now it's like blossoming and it's like a beautiful thing. Nice. Um, so I've been going back to that frequently. Uh, my, um, it's not really a go-to in so much that it's an expensive bottle, but the Bunaheim M18, uh, Bunaheim the distillery in general, um, hasn't really come out until the last couple of years. Um, into a broader market, and they they're doing really great things, and I've mm. and, I, and I would say that's a distillery I've got a crush on right now. I'm like, this is a good Aww. distillery. They make great whiskey. Uh, Bunaheim Eighteen is a very ca- sherry forward whiskey, um, and then they they make a few smoky whiskeys that are really great. So they kind of do the non age statement and age statement whiskey. So I've got uh, one of their non age statement whiskeys as well. They're both great. They do a excellent line with the product line. Um, go to whiskey though. Um, for me, it's always going to be bourbon. Uh, you know, it used to be scotch, uh, but like Yay. you're paying so much more for scotch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my go-to is the four rows, a single barrel. Yes. Um, yes. Four rows, a single barrel. The old Forester yeah. that I've got here is, is doing me pretty well right now. Um, lot 40, uh, Gooderham and Wards, the mm-hmm. four grain is kind of like that model that I go into. Uh, if I'm just trying to have an easy, uh, drink, I don't want to think about too much. Yeah. Um, what about like the worst, crappiest Mark, whiskey you've had? Mark like, has so, it. You know, I'm Mark actually gonna it. name. So you, you so taste a lot be, of whiskey. You've had yeah, a lot of parties. Yeah. You do a lot of uh, tastings at home here, especially with the podcast. Like, what's like the worst whiskey you've had? So we're gonna name this whiskey this we're time. We're gonna name it because okay, last time we we, we talked about this whiskey and it was it was like the, have I had it? Yes, yes okay. that was the we made terrible you drink it whiskey. That night. Oh yeah, it's the New Year's the New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, oh, and we, and I, and I never, I didn't want to name this whiskey when we talked about it before on our podcast. Cause I'm like, well, I don't like, I don't know if this is just a bad bottle. So we actually found a bar in Toronto that still had this whiskey yeah. and, uh, and on St. Patrick's day. And we're like, okay, we got to order this. And it wasn't quite as bad, but it was still horrifyingly terrible. So I'm going to grab the bottle cause I don't, oh I don't even remember the uh, name of it. It's always hidden somewhere. We saw we saw the bottle um, last or a couple of weeks ago at Kaylee Cottage, right? Yeah, St. Patty's yeah, Day. Right. Yeah. Oh yes, this. So what I remember. Oh boy. Oh my God. So my experience drinking this was New Year's Eve. You you like you dared me to drink it. Well, and yeah, I took it's like swig. an initiation. It was an initiation. Everyone but I was the only one that had this whiskey, which was from weird. Tasmania. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and then later, I, I think I had it, and I think somebody else had it as well. We eventually uh, fended around, but it's Hellier's Road single malt uh, whiskey from Tasmania, and um, it does not appeal it, to my palate. Smells like rotten gym socks. Oh I mean, I guess gym socks don't go rotten, but that combination. I bet of they could. Rotting it's an interesting. Food. It's like you know the acetone, like nail polish on the nose as well, but it smells like just shite. Yeah, yeah it's terrible. It really is the... I think we have to try it, guys. Uh, we have to taste it. The bottle's open now. I knew he was going to do that. I, I, need, I, I need a live tasting. As soon as we tasting. admitted that right, it was the, the worst whiskey was in the apartment, I knew it was like, we're going to... pass that down. So we're having the Hellier's Road. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's an Australian product. So it's, it smells like um, a chemically. It has like a very strong chemical flavor, almost like a, like a urinal. I, I feel like the urinal... Oh, I know, sorry, Jamie. It's I'm, urinal cake, I think, is what... Urinal like cake, yeah, because it's got kind of that sweetness like a urinal cake would have, but it's also got that okay. kind of really chemically processed uh, um, aspect to it. And then just like sweat, and literally just sweat. Um, and it really is just an awful whiskey. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna sip this. I, I really it. hate drinking this whiskey so much. Do it. Well, I don't understand why you still have the bottle, and the bottle is about half full. Oh, this like, bottle. So clearly, you've had a quite a bit of this whiskey time. already, or you're subjecting oh, your guests to. Yeah, I can't return it. It was it was, it was gifted, um, and at this point, um, now it's one of those things that it, actually most of that half of that has was New Year's. Uh, it was oh. wow. I, well, I guess you had a good bunch of people here. So yeah, or maybe the heel party as well between heel and New Year's. That was the um, you know, and actually on the palate is not the worst thing in the world. Um, it's got kind of the kind of 
spiciness that you expect, but it's that heavy sweatiness that just kind of yeah. sits on that tongue. Oh, Jamie, uh, why don't you give us your hot take? Oh, I mean, yeah, acetone, like it burns my nose, and um, it is sweaty, like underpants. It's All right, gross. moving on to underpants. Yeah, I'm moving yeah. on to underpants. Yeah. It, it does have a really interesting nose. And I'm wondering, because it didn't smell the same way at Kayla Cottage, if there's some bottle variation with this too. Yeah. Like, ah. like It's like burnt straw. It's burnt like, straw, like that. It's like, it's just... So well, you know, burnt straw, I wouldn't mind as a, as a so And, and as that's a actually note. a great, great uh, but thing. But on the, on the end, the very, very end, after all this disaster... Then you do. I get a little burn. So I get straw, the straw for sure. The straw, like the, like the burning bush, kind of like. And that usually comes from a very hot, fast fermentation process. This kind of burnt flavors are usually it has to do with the fermentation. Um, so yeah. the fermentation process has been rushed. You'll get those kind of those kind of notes. Mm -hmm. um, it's also like it's quite it's it's quite fucking sweet. Sorry, it's it's also <laughs> quite sweet. There right, like swear. on my palate, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it, it, it tastes to me. Like, Gotta wash that you yeah. just went to a bakery mm -hmm. and you bought like a box of cupcakes. Okay. And you're transporting these cupcakes and you're going home and the path is quite treacherous and you're walking through the woods <laughs> and you trip <laughs> and these cupcakes fall out of the box. Right. <laughs> but being like, you know, this sugar addict that you are, you want to still eat this cupcake. So you're like, take off the, the, the dry leaves. Okay. This sounds like a true story it. from Suresh's life. You know Suresh loves cupcake, cupcakes. And there's still dirt on it and there's still that dried grass strawy flavor. Right. And this like really kind of gross sweetness. Yeah. But like yeah. a like flavored sugar sweetness. Like, yeah. Like it's, it almost tastes like Splenda. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. diluted Splenda. Yeah. Um, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Ooh. Oh man, Splenda with water. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Hellier's Road Distillery. Please pick up this bottle of single malt scotch. Yeah, we're selling it so great right now. My, oh, I'm boy. gonna give it 99 points out of 100. It is the color of pea. <laughs> it is. Um, the color. Are are wine well, wine ratings? Are whiskey ratings just complete bullshit? Yeah, a little bit. I think the. I mean, I, I do whiskey ratings, so I can speak about that. Um, they are That's what I asked, actually. yeah <laughs> no um so they are and they aren't i think the 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 part where they really are is that i i even though i use it i hate the 100 point system because the 100 point system uh, assumes a certain amount of accuracy so the the part of me that got a bachelor science says if you're rating something like 99.5 or 93.5 you're saying your measurements accurate mm -hmm. right. to point right. to something right yeah. um and that accuracy drives me nuts. Um, and there's kind of that implied, well, it's not really a 100-point scale. It's more of a 30-point scale because nothing's really rated below 80 and maybe, sorry, below you know 80 to 75 kind of like. So there's kind of like this implied sort of, well, it's really a 30-point scale. Um, and I don't like, like, I, I really don't like that aspect of it. Um, but I also think that's the, the aspect of it that consumers understand the most. Um, and for me, I can work with that. Like I can work within that, that point scale. And, um, but the part of it that the point scale never communicates is there are whiskeys that, you know, I wouldn't rate over 90 that I absolutely love and enjoy, uh, because they're maybe not be complex. They may not have the longest finish, but they just have a very satisfying, unique flavor. Um, that's why I added like the whiskey cabinet score to my rating, which I don't know if it makes it any better. I honestly don't. Um, but, uh, but the whole, but it helps you identify the products that you like and the products that you don't. Right, like, right, exactly. And putting in fair. together some like availability and price point yeah. maybe. And, mm -hmm. and the way that works is like, you know, like four stars might be just like really great whiskeys. I don't care if this is like super complex or not, just buy it. It's really great whiskey. Yeah. Um, and then three stars is like, it could be an amazing whiskey, but ah, you can barely find it. It's super expensive, so don't bother. Mm -hmm. um, so it, kind of that combination is kind of what I'm going for. Um, if I think of a better system, I'll use it. Uh, this is the best one I have right now. Where... Name some places that you guys go to to have some good whiskey in Toronto. Where do you go to places? The Emmett Ray for American whiskey for sure. Yeah. The mm -hmm. Caledonian for Scotch. Um, Rush Lane has a nice little list. Rush Lane's grown um, beautifully. Allen's has got a... Oh my God, Allen's, of course. Allen's is great. Yeah. yeah. Allen's mm -hmm. in the Danforth. Yeah. 
Like yeah. those those sort of spots, like the Emmett Ray and the Caledonian Allens and Rush Lane, are sort of like end up at them at least once a week. Mm-hmm. Not all four once a week, but like at least one once yeah. a week. Yeah. yeah. Um, because the the whiskey bars, at least like Allens, the Emmett Ray, and um, the Caledonian, they put a lot of effort into like their whiskey list, finding stuff that isn't around, doing tastings, being available to do tastings. Um, and I think that's like, they just want to like spread the whiskey gospel. Like they're there to share their bottles, which I think is like such a, a wonderful charm about, um, whiskey people is they always want to share. They want to bring you something. They want to bring you a sample. They want to send you a sample. Um, and maybe, I don't know, is that the craft beer scene? Like, do they do the same thing? Do they like to share as much as whiskey people do? <laughs> There's a lot of sharing in the craft beer scene. So then it's just like maybe... It's Probably more than the whiskey uh, scene. Really? Because it's easier to transport cans mm. as opposed to mm. bottles. And nobody wants to carry half bottles home. Right. Um, so, yeah, like I'd say it's very, it's quite convivial. Um, and just because of just logistics. Right. It wins over whiskey. I don't think it's a fair comparison. I mean, but, if you have those little sample bottles that you bring to your friends, like right, yeah, but yeah, I guess if you mean like you put some pappy in a little, yeah, yeah, little bottle, yeah. yeah. So fifty-two podcasts in, yeah, you conquered the Toronto whiskey scene. You're the number one rated podcast on iTunes, right? Mm, no, <laughs> probably not. Almost there. Uh, no, you're so up there. Close. I, we're, we're probably number two podcast. I would say we're, we're the number one podcast in the country. Podcast. Yeah, that's oh, what I mean. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yes. yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's get that right. So you, you like what, what's next? Canada what Land you is going to come after us. So like, oh. okay, that's oh, a, that's yeah. a completely different category. <laughs> yeah. right? In your category, whiskey podcast. Yeah. You guys own the we're space. Doing okay. You guys have nailed it uh, in terms of Thank like you. finding an audience, and you've got an audience that you know tunes in every week. And so, what's what's next? What what do you guys have planned for 2016? What are you going to do besides drink more whiskey? And go well, to more a whiskey big bars. Part of the plan, but I think you might see our faces a little bit more on oh. YouTube. Yeah, so I mean, stress is a big part of the video part. Uh, we want to do definitely want to do more video. Um, that was not deliberate, by the way. It no, I know, I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't. Uh, you're that's not. But um, but yeah, sure. video is uh, <laughs> video is a big part of it. But for the the podcast itself, um, we've got you know more great guests lined up yeah. uh, that we're doing, and we're just constantly trying to keep that balance between like going over the top too technical and then having very casual fun podcasts and so it's always kind of that balance we're working towards yeah um but we're gonna do we're gonna do some travels well that's what i'm thinking like we you know take the microphones and go and we're, yeah. we're gonna be able to sort of bring uh the podcast to wherever we are and and hopefully capture some really neat stuff on the way so, so you're gonna do some remote like some live shows it's great yeah, I mean, especially uh, especially for uh, in Kentucky when we're back there again. Love it uh, in September, uh, but also in between there as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms, I know you guys uh, tackle various subject matters when you tape these podcasts. What's been the most difficult topic in the last year to tackle? Mm. Well, the the easy answer. So I'll, I'll give Jamie some time to think about this, and I'll give you the easy answer. The easy answer is craft whiskey. What is it? Uh, what's what is it? What's right. going on? Uh, especially within in the first forty or so episodes, it kept. It was a very popular topic at the time. We kept hitting it. Um, so what is craft whiskey? How big do you have to be? You know, and in whiskey, you know, we talked about craft beer. Um, craft beer is a very you know, low volume business in terms of how it's produced and bottling lines and that kind of thing. Um, I, I do, I, you know, we generally, I think, I think this thing, we generally buy that theory that like large distilleries still have a lot of craft in them. It's a, a making whiskey is very, um, you can very much, um, uh, you can expand and you can uh, do high volume production and still have a very kind of authentic product. And that's not true for a lot of industries. So I think that aspect of it's been an interesting journey for the podcast, especially earlier on. Sorry, I was Snapchatting. <laughs> I, I noticed. I was wondering if uh, you're No, because gonna... the dog's twitching. He's like sleeping and he's like, all his legs are twitching and his oh, ears are twitching. He's dreaming. Little... It's nice yeah. to make little noises. So goes... I was going to do a little Snapchat about it, but uh, I got caught. <laughs> Social media distracting people yeah, as from always. real yes. interactions. always. Um, well, I 100% agree on the, the craft whiskey piece. Uh, that has come up with almost all the guests in many different iterations. And, and same with like the small batch, you know, sort of um, like the definitions of different 
kinds of whiskey have been um, sort of up in the air. Uh, no age statement stuff has been a big debate as well um, for the year. Um, what else? Mark's hate on for Diageo <laughs> has also been the subject of a couple of rants. Um, yeah. Can we can we take a break and talk about our sponsor for the day, Diageo? Yeah. <laughs> um, I am drinking a Diageo product. Yeah, I am. That's right, uh, Jamie's. We're actually we're both drinking Bullet Ten now. There, there you go. go. Love this Bullet Ten, man. It's so great. It's, a lot of character. I know. It's, it's a character for whiskey. It's my go-to. Really nice. Like, there's always a bottle of Bullet Ten at home, or almost yeah. always. <laughs> Tell me about like the craziest like whiskey event you went to or like crazy whiskey party oh. i mean we've been to a few mark and i've been to a few i think at the trump hotel we went to one that was yeah really oh. over the top of, a few years ago I, that, that, I that makes know. for a good story we were at a I don't know if i've heard this story. we were at a, a i don't know if i don't know well, it doesn't matter if i can mention them uh, at a glenfiddich they were doing the, the big auction and so we were there for this uh big auction of their like i can't even remember it was a very rare single barrel whiskey and there it was all for charity so it was right. a it was for charity so we're at the trump toronto very, very, you know, you can just imagine Trump Toronto. And we were we were drinking at their presidential suite. It was just like gigantic. It was like the entire length of this ho- uh, hotel was this one suite. Like half of it was just this one room. Um, and so we're drinking there the whole time. And I remember like I, I came down with some like Lymphatic 21 or something in a glass. Of course, in a, in a proper, you know, proper glassware, of course. Of course. And I walk through and there's like these security people, like, cause this is a big auction. So there's like, you know, 200 people there, they're auctioning off wines and whiskeys. And I, and I'm walked through and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm had a, a, some to drink. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so I walk through and the security guard's like, oh, you can't bring alcohol in here. And I literally stare at him and I'm like, but I just came down from the presidential suite. And he looks at me, he's like, okay, come through. And I'm like, and, and everybody behind me. And so like, all, all like 12 of us walked in with glasses of whiskey and sat down and we're drinking whiskey as we're watching these auctions and everybody else is like sober. So that was fun. Yeah. Oh so obviously, yeah, it got a little out of control. That was like one of the best parties. Um, that, was a, that, was a, that was a really good time. Yeah. Uh, have there been any other parties that have gotten out of control recently? Because uh, like, when, I, when I am texting the both of you and I'm hearing about events that you're going to, they just sound like they quickly, obviously because of the nature of whiskey being whiskey, it gets out of control pretty fast because you guys don't know when to stop. You guys don't know when to slow down. Oh, I do, actually. Mark <clears> has <throat> a little trickier time. Sometimes I have a trickier time Sometimes. at slowing well, down. Well, because there's such small pores when you keep going back to the bar. Yeah. yeah I mean, no. the last, so Whiskey Live, I worked it. So I, I was, you know, you guys actually were at Whiskey Live yes. the last yeah. time. Um, so it was more the after party that got a little a little sloppy where I lost my wallet. See, I, I, had this, I have the same go. problem with, with wine drinkers too. It's like when, when you go to a like, place with good wine or good beer, they keep pouring you like, oh my God, you'll never taste this 1989 right. release. And I have the same problem like with whiskey. Like People are like, well, you'll never try you know, Thor again. I'm like, meanwhile, I tried it five times afterwards. But you know what right, I mean, right? right. Like, um, um, but yeah, no, the, uh, the whiskey live was, was pretty, the I actually, party. you got last to me. That was like the rare, rare times where I was like, I gotta go I home. I, I gotta go home. You. And you well, were like, because I started drinking about yeah. seven hours later than you did because I was at the thing all day. So mm-hmm. I was working it. So I didn't have my first drink until I got to the after party. Yeah. And then I had, I also hadn't, like, you had to had, catch up. I had to catch up and I hadn't had anything to eat. So I was like eating and drinking like, Hey guys, like I see you guys are a little sideways already. Like, let me catch up. And then I think I blew by everybody and then I lost my wallet, um, which was a, not a proud moment for me, but the, but I did, um, there's, there isn't a happy, there's a happy ending here. Yeah. Right? I walked back into the Delta hotel like the next day smelling I'm sure, like an angel from heaven, mm-hmm. and uh, they found my wallet. And and we recorded a podcast that afternoon. Wow! Yeah. Did we really? <laughs> or the next day? Um, oh my god! Is there a lot of pressure at these events to keep up? Like uh, at, at wine events, at, you know, the wine culture, the wine tastings, or whatever. There's quite a bit of pressure to keep up, and palate fatigue is something nobody wants to talk about. But mm-hmm. putting palate fatigue aside for a yeah. second, is there a lot of pressure at these events to to really you know keep going? For me, yes. A hundred percent. And yeah. I think that comes from uh, trying to prove myself as like a new person 
as a woman trying to go head to head with a bunch of like seasoned whiskey drinkers, I will tell you right now, it does not work in your favor. Um, and I think that's something that dry January taught me really well was that I had been pushing myself for the latter part of last year to try and prove that like I can drink as much as the boys or I can, you know, keep up. And I, I can't, like, I just can't, like, I can't physically do it. And so, you know, any day where, uh, Mark would wake up and feel foggy, I would be like destroyed. So, uh, for me, a hundred percent. Yes, and I'm letting that go. I'm just letting it go. You have to. Yeah, I, I don't, and I think at the, I'm the opposite. I, I don't. You just give into it. You're yeah. Just, you're well, just no, but I, I also, I have to say, I, I rarely ever wake up with a hangover. Like it's pretty <laughs> rare. You keep saying that. You've like said that to me. It's like for the entire time I've known you. Yeah. And I don't believe it. it it's true. I just like. Um, I mean, there have been a few instances where you you are. Oh yeah, uh, but I just don't believe you. Uh, no, hundred percent. Um, I, 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 don't know what it is. Well, I, you have a system. When you come home, you, you say you chug like four. I chug water. water. I usually so my systems. I chug water, and within two hours, I'll wake up because I've drank so much water. Got to the bathroom. I drink more water, and I usually wake up at six a.m. and then I usually take in a leave, and then I drink more water, and then, um, and you know, like um, the last time I would say I, I woke up, I was still like buzzed at like ten o'clock in the morning. I'm just like this is. Oh weird God. but i just i just kept on top i just kept drinking water and it's it's usually been great but i it might be i don't know i don't know what it is but i i generally don't push myself to that beyond that point it's so funny for me it's uh, like so my my tolerance is high like it's hard to and and i can carry on a conversation and walk and talk and be totally fine i don't really like slur very much and like i just sort of get giggly and like excitable and like that's about it but it also belies the amount of alcohol that I've had to drink. So I'll be like, well, I'm totally fine. Like, I'm not even slurring. Look at yeah. me standing up straight. Like, I can run down the street in high heels. And the next day, I'm just like, oh, did you really need that last, like, stag junior just to prove that you could, like, put one more drink? To-? Like, you feel like garbage, and it's not worth it. And yeah. what's wrong with you? And so, yeah, I think that is my downfall, is that, like, I am fine. Yeah. It, but then the next day I'm so not <laughs> it's like the opposite well thank uh, you guys for allowing me this opportunity to take over the mic here and thank to talk you. to the, both of you about the 52 podcast that you thank guys have hosted you. and where you've come so far and here's to another 50 more yeah. and continuing this journey of educating people and getting people to try different things um, and enjoying more whiskey yeah, Thank and Suresh, uh, big thanks to you. So we, you did great. We, we, no, well, let's let's tell the story because Suresh actually got us together. Suresh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, does a lot in Toronto, does a lot of events, and I think your your biggest thing is you explore a lot. Like you're you're very much an explorer of the city and and also other cities as well throughout the world. And you were like, you you I guess you guys followed each other on Twitter, and you were like, let's go to this random event that we didn't know anything about. We had just no idea. It was because this, this was your first event, kind of or it, second event. In it, big, it was my second. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, okay. Messaged him out of nowhere. Like, yeah. I saw you posted a bottle of no, rare and so I was great. just like I just was feeling very like brave so I yeah, was like hey you like bourbon this. come to my bourbon club sir so great and I mean I think that's amazing just to have that kind of so really appreciate you bring us together and also helping us with the video stuff because we I, I can edit podcasts but video mm. anytime <laughs> I think you know you guys need to do more videos obviously um, and you'll figure a rhythm and it'll be pretty awesome you guys will pump out some quality content this year I'm sure uh, where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff? So I am Spotlight City on Twitter and on Instagram I am just Suresh S U R E S H. You can catch my articles on uh, Toronto Life, Globe and Mail, uh, and I'm just about to produce some videos for Eater. And yeah, that's it. Twitter and Instagram are the best ways to follow me. Awesome. And uh, for us, uh, make sure to um, like if you can um, give us a rating on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. It really helps uh, the podcast a lot. Bring uh, it gives us an opportunity to grow the audience. Um, so like us on iTunes, mm-hmm. the podcasting app that you use. Mention us to your friends and family. Yeah, shout out to Glenn for the most recent. Um. <laughs> oh, the Glenn give us a, a, I hope he gave us five stars. I don't know if he did. You guys have, it's all five stars on, on iTunes. It, it is. I think yeah, I, I looked at it this morning and it was like, 
like seven or eight five stars. One yeah. of them was which is great. Glenn. Yes. And um, uh, he does so disclose that he has been a guest on the show, though. So full disclosure. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> well, but then I mean, he is also a listener still. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe Glenn. he's the one we'll never have back on. Just yeah, kidding. Glenn. Oh. No. He's so he's so smart. It's really intimidating. No, it is intimidating. Like, he's very smart. Glenn is pretty serious. He's oh, like my, he, but he's so smart. It like makes me. I'm just like, wow. How did he come up with that question so fast? And like, he just understands things on like a level that I'm just like, well, sit down, Jamie. Like Glenn is talking. He's very good. And he, we all adore him, and we think he's wonderful. It's that legal mind, man. It's great. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It works fast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Wait, well, yeah. I'll see you soon.